For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, guys? Welcome to Millennial Sports Talk. This is Ben Verlander along with Michelle Margot. And uh, Michelle, this has been a crazy week, and I know you are living in Nashville, and I know it's been a crazy week for you, and uh, I hope everything is okay. I hope you're okay. It's all good. (laughs) Uh, Yes, I am luckily able to do this podcast in the comfort of my own home, which was um, definitely a brief scare the other day with the tornadoes that came rushing through the city. Um, But we are all good. I um, I saw about the tornado, and then I didn't realize how I saw pictures that next morning and it was like really, really bad. Yeah. We heard sirens all night and um, I don't get emergency alerts on my phone, which let me tell you now I do. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was definitely, we know a couple of different people who have been affected by them and are homeless right now. Luckily the community has been awesome and have um, opened up hotels and Airbnbs and restaurants and Bridgestone Arena where the Predators play also opened up their doors for lunch the following day. I saw so. that. I've been in a tornado before, actually, in Corpus Christi, Texas, driving, and it was uh, not something you ever want to get caught in, and it will be forever, I mean, until I die, which hopefully won't be soon, knock on wood, but <laughs> I'm really morbid, apparently, <laughs> but I, de- I definitely, um, that was the scariest moment of my life, was being caught in a tornado, so I don't wish that on anybody, and I grew up in California where earthquakes are a thing, and you have no warning, um, but I actually think tornadoes might be just as scary just a scary situation but i'm glad you're okay and i'm glad uh i'm glad the city is kind of helping out to to get them back and running yeah definitely and also we just had the first confirmed case of coronavirus um about 30 minutes south of nashville mm. so nashville's mm. a great place to be right now <laughs> um but that actually brings me into our go to the week well before we get started on the go to the week. Um, our subject today is definitely baseball related. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. But we thought we'd do our go moment of the week before our guest comes on. Our guest is going to be Richard Justice from MLB.com. Um, super credible and reputable journalist. So I can't wait for that. But our goat moment of the week. Um, ben wanted to do a Vetchkin's, um career goals. And that was, a, that was great. But it was also like, two weeks Nine, ago yeah that was not <laughs> within the last seven days so i vetoed that real quick um yeah. and instead i thought we'd go with um players like cj mccollum of the portland trailblazers and there are a couple nfl players who have also come out publicly and said the same thing that they are not going to be signing autographs or um shaking hands and, and high-fiving um fans when they come out of the tunnel or wherever they might run into fans uh, based on coronavirus. And I think that um, that's a really hard decision to make when you are a public figure because you, of course, don't want to rub anyone the wrong way and you want to you know, do the right thing for your fans. And um, I think that 
it took courage to have the guts to say, I'm not going to be doing that um, for the time being because of coronavirus. And I think that's honestly for the, for the common good. So I that's agree. my goat moment of the week. I'm also no, a germaphobe. I, I, <laughs> I actually, I like it. And, and I think um, it actually is going to be tough on a lot of players. And, you know, a lot of people think that signing autographs when it comes to the player is like a nuisance for them and they don't like doing it. And, and I disagree. And I think players really do enjoy doing it and really do enjoy bringing uh, joy to little kids and, and fans in the stands. So this isn't something that's coming easy for them. And um, I, I respect their decision. I, I think it's awesome that they're doing that. And uh, yeah, hopefully this all passes uh, sooner than later. Yeah, seriously. It's uh, definitely next level, pretty scary stuff, but um, obviously thoughts with those affected and those infected and <laughs> those who will be in the future because it's definitely it's i mean it's not something to joke about for sure um but it's scary and also like part of me is happy that now people are starting to be germaphobes like i am like i always keep lysol wipes i always keep hand sanitizer i travel so much that i am constantly washing my hands and people think i'm neurotic for it and i'm like oh now you guys are all doing that so, so I'm going to, uh, I'm actually going up to New York in a couple of days and I was over at my parents' house last night actually. And every time I go over there, my mom cooks dinner and I bring home a bunch of leftovers. It's great. This time she packed up my leftovers and also put a bunch of, um, clean wipes, like the alcohol Lysol. wipes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like the alcohol wipes in, uh, in a bag and told me that I should take them with me and wipe down my seat and wipe down anything I come across. So, um, thanks, Mom. Mrs. Thanks. Verlander, you are my spirit animal. <laughs> and I personally thank you for keeping my co-host safe. <laughs> I, saw, I saw that um, a, dog, one, a dog has come down with coronavirus. And honestly, I would rather get it than Boomer, who's my dog. So, just keep it away from the dog. Do you mean okay? that? That's all I ask. Yeah, 100% I mean that. Oh, my gosh. I can... I can I can get help and I can be saved. My dog, I might not know it until it's too late. And that breaks my heart. That does. The way you put it, that, that is actually pretty heartbreaking. Thank you. Um, with that said, let's hope that it doesn't happen to anybody. Okay, moving on, because this is meant to be a sports podcast and not a really sad health podcast. So last week we talked with Travis Shaw, awesome guy. Definitely hope he does well this season with the Toronto Blue Jays, and he was so much fun to have on our podcast last week. But this week we thought we'd look at baseball on a, on a grander scale. Um, there's a lot that has changed within the game. I mean, we did an episode on rule changes a couple of weeks ago, um, and I was – Curious, Ben, um, I watched a lot of all-access ESPN with the players being mic'd mm -hmm. up this week. Um, obviously, technology and, and the game has changed a lot, but um, I feel very strongly about this. What are your thoughts on the players being mic'd up during games? So I actually, for spring training games, love it. Um, but that's for spring training games. Um, I, think it's, I think it's really cool. I think um, spring training games can get kind of – monotonous and and you know you're just ready for the regular season so it's really cool to watch guys like uh chris bryant and anthony rizzo be mic'd up during games and, and talk to each other and talk about what's going through their head when they're at the plate and uh that stuff is really cool to me you know the inside part of the game that i'm always thinking so to hear them talk about it is really cool um but i think um there's been kind of a push for people like oh they should do this during the regular season I don't think it'll ever, I don't think it'll ever get there. I, um, 
I, I just don't. But before I explain, I want to see your thoughts on if you like it or not. Do you like it? Um, do you like it? <laughs> um, so well, I, the game that really caught my attention was the, the Mets-Cardinals game um, where Pete Alonzo, I think Jeff McNeil, um, Dom Smith, and mm. J.D. Davis were mic'd up. Um, and Pete Alonzo in his post-game press conference had said, like, I think it's great for baseball, and I think that, like, you know, we'll do it more. Um, there's now going to be a microphone, I think, down first base at City Field. I think I don't want to be wrong on that, but I think that's what's going to happen. There's it's twofold. So for me, it's like okay, that takes away my job as a journalist because my job is to give access to people who can't get it. Um, and now <laughs> there's going to be access that like you take the you know middle person out. But um, obviously, as a fan, I love it. I love to see the personalities shine through. I think it's fun. I think it could be super dangerous if people say things that they don't want to say and forget they're mic'd up. Uh-huh. Um, I also uh-huh. think it's super distracting and you're not going to get the quality of baseball that you would otherwise get. So I agree with you in that um, spring training games is fun and games, great, cool. But during the regular season or especially during postseason, I don't want to see that. At all. Yeah, you know, during the regular season, uh, you have – you have a job um, and, and your job is to win games and ultimately to win a world series. And these guys that they're miking up in spring training aren't fighting for a job. They're trying to get ready for the regular season and just trying to get in shape and get their slings right. Uh, but in the regular season, you know, when you go up to the plate, you have a goal in mind and you're trying to laser focus in on the pitcher and, uh, and, and you're trying to win games as a team. And I just don't think it'll ever get to the point where guys are like, sure, mic me up during the regular season. I don't, you know, I don't care. And I, I, don't, think, I don't think it'll ever get to that. And uh, as a fan, I think it'd be cool. But as a player, I wouldn't love it. I, I actually wouldn't like it at yeah. all. Yeah. Well, Jeff McNeil lost his earpiece on, uh, I think it was a double play. It, it could have just been a ground out. I don't really remember. But it was like, I mean – someone was sliding into second and he like almost fell over him. And then he was like, Oh, I lost my earpiece. You could hear it on the mic. He's like, Oh, I lost my earpiece. I lost my earpiece. It's like in the dirt somewhere. And I'm like, okay, this it's hilarious. Like, but if it happens a lot, it's going to be obnoxious, you know? Right. Was that the game? Was that the, I saw a highlight of that game. And I think did Dom Smith, like he couldn't hear anybody in the Yes. Outfield? Yeah. It was hilarious. Like, I can't hear you guys, but we could hear him. Yeah. So he kept talking <laughs> over the play-by-play <laughs> announcers. Yeah, the play-by-play announcers great. are like asking other players questions. And then Dom's like, can you guys hear me still? Uh, I love that guy. We, we played a, in an all-star game together and he's one of the nicest guys. So when I saw the highlights of him just in the, he was like looking around and just like, I can't hear you guys if they're saying anything. And they're like trying to have a conversation with Jeff at uh, wherever, what position he was playing. <laughs> I yeah. was dying. That was pretty funny. That was funny. But like um, you said, I, I am, I'm really excited for this episode. And I'm actually really excited to talk to Richard about stuff like this and, and kind of the last couple episodes we'd have talking about the rule changes and, and, you know, certain stuff with technology in the game. So um, I'm really excited to talk to him on a broader scale and, and kind of get his opinion on all this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, without further ado, let's bring in Richard Justice. He's from MLB.com. He has more than three decades of experience covering baseball. He's the perfect person to help us see the changes in the baseball landscape as it pertains to technology and pace of play and all that good stuff. Hey, Richard, thank you so much for joining us on Millennial Sports Talk. We appreciate it. Hey, I'm glad you're uh, having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you. <clears throat> so we thought you'd be the perfect person to discuss how the landscape of baseball has changed. Um, and I would say probably the number one thing is technology in baseball. How do you think that technology has changed the game of baseball over time? 
in every way. And like I knew, I was very close. I covered the Orioles when Earl Weaver was the manager, and he was so far ahead of his time with his index cards, pitcher, <laughs> pitcher, batter matchups. He believed in infield shifts and, and, and all of that stuff. I would go into Tony LaRusso's office three hours before a game. He would be doing the spray chart himself. He would wow. be playing the game mind ahead of time. And it is nothing compared to that. What David Stearns of the Brewers will tell you is we're still at the tip of the iceberg in the information age and nobody quite it's going a and nobody quite knows how do we utilize all this information that we have and still allow the players to go perform with an uncluttered mind. It is a wow. delicate balancing act. For instance, the Dodgers, they just have uh, data people in the clubhouse and uh, just they don't push anything on the players you got a question you got you got curiosity things will ask you know when when new pitchers come to the Astros they get a PowerPoint presentation this is what you're best at this is what we recommend and it, and it can be overwhelming at times Ryan Presley a reliever they got a couple of years ago at the trade mm -hmm. deadline family said okay okay just tell me what you want me to throw when you want me to throw it and what and where you want me to throw it because you're way out in front of me in terms of the thought process. That's yeah, crazy. You, you know, I, I think it's kind of, I don't want to say scary, but like you said, there's so much untapped potential with all these numbers. And I, I remember talking to some players that are kind of starting to get a little worried that they're becoming more so just a number on a piece of paper. So if, for example, the front <laughs> office is looking at them and saying, okay, well in 2016, your uh, exit below off the bat was this. In 2017, it went down a little bit. In 2018, it went down. So why are we going to pay you X amount of money for this, for this trend that you're showing, you know? I, I would say that players, in a certain sense, have always just been numbers to the front office. Um, Frank Robinson drove in 120-something runs one year, and the Reds called him in and said, we're cutting your pay because we finished last <laughs> One of the jokes the Dodgers used to make about Branch Rickey was his two greatest loves were baseball and money, and he never he never let them met, uh, meet. And, and, <laughs> and in some ways, wow. you can quantify greatness in production in a way that's never seen before. You know, you see pitchers now. Uh, the Astros had a pitcher, their top prospect, a year ago in Forrest Whitley in spring training. And after every pitch, he would either had a woman behind him holding a holding an iPad. And now this is pretty common now and uh the rays call it their pitching lab but after every pitch he would go back and go what my, what was my spin rate on that uh what, what was the location like on that and some people are thinking um that you know i, I mean you hear veteran pitchers saying like and the astros have talked to him about this like sometimes don't you just have a feel for it right. yeah, a, the intangible a young pitcher a young pitcher named Brady Rogers was in there, the Astros pitching yep. lab a year ago in spring training. You know, they have all these cameras. It looks like he's about to be executed, honestly. <laughs> they have all this stuff aimed at him. And George Springer comes out of the clubhouse and screams across the diamond, don't let them do it. They're trying to clone you. <laughs> Obviously, there's been so much talk about, um, you know, automated strike zones, robot umpires, all that stuff. Um, and, of course, there are the intangibles and Obviously, it would change the game a little bit, but would it actually help the game in terms of its like accuracy with a strike zone that's automatic and not left to human error? 
Well, everyone, all of us are going to see that differently. But when you go down that road, you, it's hard to turn around. You know, I mean, this, you, you guys see the play at second base where the guy steals second and his foot comes a quarter yep. of an inch off the base yep. and he's called out. And Commissioner Manfred was asked about it. And he said, look, if you're, if you're going to try to get the call precisely right, it's not a spirit of the rule thing. He's either on the base or he's not. And you can, you can say, well, look, that, that lends itself to potential injury, the way guys slide into second base, you know, with the force and everything. So, I, you know, I think there's got to be – these are discussions that go on all the time. Obviously, players have the discussions, coaches, managers, and all that. And I couldn't have imagined we'd be in this spot five years ago. I have no idea where we're going to be five years from now, Sigma Dell, who worked for the, was a, he's literally a rocket scientist, worked for the Cardinals, Astros. Now he's with the Orioles. And what he, he will say is there are things that just happen beyond the human eye that can help us win games. And it's disconcerting to people yeah. um, that, have, that are accustomed to looking at the game a certain way. It's way disconcerting for me at times. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you bring up, you brought up the, the injury thing at second base and, for years, forever in baseball, when it came to, to turning a double play, you were right. the, the, the middle infielder shouldn't – he should have been a couple inches away from the bag. It's known it's going to happen. It's to let him get out of the way and make the play at first base. Now, that, you know, that's a thing of the past. And if you don't touch the base, you know, it, you're going to get – it's going to get reviewed and he's going to be called safe. And, and that's something that everybody for years knew was happening. The umpires knew it was just – to prevent a bad collision happening and now it, right. it is and it's changing the game yeah and in fact those guys that went in a certain way had a bad reputation like oh you're trying to hurt somebody yep. you know things are happening changing at such warp speed that i don't know where it's going to end or where it's going to end up um but i mean it I was with the Rays uh, a week or so ago, mm-hmm. and their pitchers have a day. They go to the pitching lab, and everything gets measured instantly. You know, your spin rate on every pitch, your arm slot. And I think a lot of it is, and the Brewers have opened this multi-million dollar uh, lab in, in, at their spring complex in Arizona. And what they're focused on is injury prevention. Is there a correlation between – where you throw, where you deliver the ball, when you deliver the ball, and injuries. So it's uh, it's it's a uh, it's it's interesting. The uh, the Brewers owner Mark Antonazio, his son is I think both sons went to MIT, but he was there visiting his son a couple of years ago, and he ran into a kid doing gaming. Mark was interested in gaming, and the kid says, "You know, I'm uh, I do some baseball." And Mark says, "Yeah, well, what do you do?" And he says, "The Astros had me on retainer." And I'm studying when is the optimal time to steal a base. Wow. Well, the optimal time is when a pitcher slow to home plate or, you know, the guy's fast or whatever. And I asked Jeff Luno, the Astros general manager at the time about it. And he said, those are things you almost never get anything out of that information, but you don't know if you don't ask. Well, the Rays obviously are huge in technology and they, you know, implemented the opener and all that stuff. And they're thinking all outside the box. Um, but even I was taking a tour of Wake Forest University um, in North Carolina, and they have a pitching lab too now. I mean, it's just crazy. Right. It's crazy, like the way baseball is going compared to how it was even five years ago, um, let alone, you know, when it started. Um, 
obviously the new rule changes and when they implemented the mound visit rules, um, it's all to improve pace of play. Do you think it's actually helping or do you think there's always going to be stuff that comes up because, you know, review challenge, like reviewing challenges and stuff like that, that's going to add time. Uh, you know, one thing, one point about the college pitching, um, that's where a lot of the groundbreaking work is going on right now is at colleges. In terms of the rule changes, I haven't noticed a difference in pace of play. Now, we'll say this. The pitch clock that's on in some of the minor leagues and in the Arizona Fall League, mm -hmm. you will have scouts go to games and they'll go to the bar afterwards and they'll go, you know, you know, you don't, first of all, you don't notice the pitch clock after after an inning or so but what they will say is there is there was a difference in the way that game was played it was played speeded up a little bit and what you what you notice i've noticed with a couple of young oakland pitchers when they come up they do operate at a little different pace to me that's the simplest thing but i believe it was a guy named justin verlander who said <laughs> you're taught you're taught your whole life to slow the game down and yeah. David Price has said this too. And uh, so don't tell me to get out there and do what I've been bred basically not to do. So yeah. there's got, and, and my point in that is there has to be some understanding on both sides where things are going. And also the other part about pace of play, the certain MLB surveys have showed that if you're in the ballpark, you couldn't be happier. John, John Charles of the Braves said, what I have people tell me is being in the ballpark is the best part of my day. Right. I don't want to have to go home early. But the surveys also show if you're watching on TV at home, you probably think there's a little too much lag time. There's a bunch of issues. I have a solution to that. And I think everyone should just keep score on scorecards when they're at home watching because it makes it go by so much faster. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, Barbara Bush and George H.W. Bush would come to a lot of games at Minute Maid Park. And Secret Service guys told me that, that that's funny you should say that, that that's kept her engaged. When Barbara would be at home watching the Astros, she was devoted to scorekeeping. Wow. I love that. single thing. And like, so, you know, <laughs> like when you saw them behind home plate, it wasn't like they're just here to get their pictures made. No, they, they cared. A couple things with just the game changing in itself. What do you think about the universal designated hitter? Are you an old school? I like NL type situation or what, what are your thoughts personally? Um, I, I, you know, most of my formative years was covering the Orioles in the eighties and nineties. And uh, I just became so accustomed to the American league game that I didn't see a flaw with it. Um, but I will say this, what national league executives would say to me is, you got to be brain dead to watch this American League baseball. And I'm thinking, <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, the one thing I would say is I, I didn't think there was any chance of having a DH in both leagues because the natural, National League, neither side was going to give in. The National League loved their game the way it was played. The American League thought, we don't want to see pitchers hitting any right. of that. But it does seem for the first time ever that both sides, are, that the, the National League is saying, you know, we – we might be willing to discuss that. I hate and that. It, it'll be up to how the union feels about it. But the awkwardness of it is during interleague play, during the World Series, like when you have National League pitchers, I mean, I'm sorry, American League pitchers hitting, it's, 
I, I do think it's it, it's two separate games in a lot of ways. Yeah. But maybe the, maybe again, that's part of the beauty of it. That is. Was, that is totally was, part of the beauty of it. Yeah. I was going to say that. I, I, I think you're right. I think we are getting close to there being a universal DH. It really feels like over the last probably two to three years, there's been a push to, to, to get in that direction. I am a firm believer and it's, it's the team that you grew up watching. That's the, that's what you (laughs) like. Like the first job I ever had was with the Padres. Not the first job I ever had, but the first job in baseball that I ever had was Padres. And I, when I started working with the Rays in 2018, I was mind blown about just having a DH every day. (laughs) Like I just, I don't know. I'm, I, I love having pitchers hit. It really is. so fun. you didn't get a big thrill out of Bartolo Colon hitting <laughs> I get a big thrill out of Clayton Kershaw, Madison Bumgarner. Yeah. Um, I love all that. Um, ben likes when his brother hits. I know oh, my that. God. That's my favorite thing in the world to watch because he's awful at it. Richard, what do you think about shifts? Uh, I think I, the Rays, and you've probably heard this, the Rays say this, is you got to be really careful about making changes like that because the unintended consequences might be worse than what you're trying to prevent. So I would say, let it be organic. You know, a year ago in spring training, the Dodgers had their hitters practice bunting. And you, I mean, for 10 years, you didn't even say the word bunt in, you know, in a, <laughs> in a data-driven clubhouse. So um, I would, my feeling would be, how, how did we get the launch angle in the home run game and three true outcome and all that? We got that because the way to beat the shift is to get the ball in the air. So I would like to just see, rather than legislate it out, I would like to see how the smart guys, they got us into this. I want to see them get us, get us out of this. But we're going to have five-man infields. We're going oh, to have yeah. four-man outfields, all this stuff. And that's what happens when you put the guys with the advanced de- degrees in church. You know, you mentioned the Rays. They have a mental skills coach on the major league staff, and they have a process and analytics coach on the major league staff. So – those are all things like 10 years ago. What does that mean? We don't need that. Yeah. You know, the Tigers, the Tigers within the last uh, like two years just hired a guy that really knows not a ton about baseball. His sole job is to look at the numbers, look at the percentages and put the fielders where they're supposed to be for each batter, you know? And, and I th- it's just, it's crazy to me and it's, it's crazy how far it's come. And uh, I, I do think there's a, I do think there's something to be said about it. I think it makes sense in certain instances. But the thing about shifts that frustrates me the most is, you know, five years ago, I used to be able to watch a, or maybe even 10 years ago, I used to be able to watch a game on my TV and see where a ground ball was hit. And I knew it'd be an out, you know? All right, Right. this ball is hit just to the right of the pitcher. Shortstop will be there. Now you get that angle. It's hit. He rolled over to short. And you have no idea if he's going to catch it or not. (laughs) Right. Well, I think about, uh, Brian McCann. I think the last time I saw he, the shift had robbed him of more hits than the other players. And you could just watch him when he would hit a ball that would have been a hit in another era. And it's a four, three. And you think he's going to go back to the clubhouse and set himself on fire. There's going to be a point <laughs> where he can't, he can't take it anymore. And you would ask him about it and he'd go, man, I miss the old days. <laughs> well, the, the haters, they all say, you know, Tony Gwynn, would have had no career if the shift was a thing. And I don't believe that. I think that a hitter who's good enough, like Tony Gwynn, who studied every single night, went back to his hotel room and studied, I think that he would have found a way around it. I don't, I like, right. I, 
I just, I, I don't mind the shift at all. To be right, honest, the ana- the, Tony Gwynn was analytics. There's a famous story: the longtime third base coach of the Padres and Giants, Tim Flannery, says game was suspended in the tenth inning, and there was a runner on second. And going off the field, <laughs> Gwynn says to him. Hey, be ready. This guy's going to throw me a first pitch slider tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to, I'm going to hit it in the gap. You just be prepared to wave the guy home and the game will be over. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. He knew he didn't need a spreadsheet. He knew what the guy was going to throw before the guy knew what he was going to throw. That's funny. He's a legend. Um, I mean, obviously. <laughs> so Richard kind of switching gears to um, this upcoming season. Um, what team this coming season do you think is going to be the biggest surprise in, uh, in your eyes? And in a good way. Yeah, in a good way. Um, you know, what's different is there's 22 teams that think they're going to the postseason. Mm-hmm. This is, I, I don't know that I've ever seen this. You look at the National League Central, all four, four of those top five teams, the Reds, the Cubs, the Brewers, and the Cardinals think they're going to the postseason. I think that the Reds have a chance to be spectacularly good. Really? I mean – really good because they have pitching you know and they added they and they deserve to be rewarded you know they tried hard they spent a lot the team to keep an eye on that's sneaky is milwaukee they got after the wild card game i think they got rid of 14 of the 25 players that were in on the roster on the wild card game somebody somebody joked uh man they took that loss hard and but this guy david stearns is really good and it'll be fascinating to see how this club that he's put back together, how they perform. You know, it's funny you you, bring, you brought up the Reds, and I was actually telling somebody the other day, and I was going to ask you about them, if if you thought I was crazy with this thought, but I had them as a dark horse to make it to the NLCS. I, I think their roster is complete. I think they're going to rake as a team. This guy that they just got from Japan, Shogo, is supposed to yeah. be the real deal. Their rotation's the real deal. If Iglesias can can close out games, I, I really think they can make a really good run this year. Yeah, and they could win that division. You know, and, and what's interesting about them is those young guys like Aquino and Senzel. Mm-hmm. Hey, where do they fit in? Do they make the team? And and what they're sort of wild cards. And also, Joey Votto's going to have a great year. I mean, yep. <laughs> he, he's so yeah, good. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, he's a guy that says that, you know, if you have one bad year, you're in a slump. If you have two bad years, that's who you are. And I don't think that's <laughs> who he wants to be. And they just have a lot of pitching options. You know, you, you know Wade Miley's old, old coach from Milwaukee is there. And he's, he was great at times for the Astros last year. So yeah, I think his numbers we, actually got a little uh, skewed towards the end of the year with that little funk he got in. But he was having a really good year up to that point. Yeah, yeah. So the thing they needed was offense, and they go out and get the Japanese guy. They get Castellanos, Mosakas, so they, they have a chance. They have yep. a chance to be really good. And, you know, when you watch them, their pitchers, especially their bullpen guys, whoa, they're nasty. I yep. mean, it's not just the outs. They make you uncomfortable. So, Richard, I'm going to ask um, both you and Ben the same question. I want you guys both to answer. I have a couple questions for you. Um, yep. Who do you think will lead the National League in home runs in terms of players? Who gets to go first, me or Richard? Richard. Oh. who will lead the national league in home runs so um i think i think it's going to be ron lacuna jr i think he's a freak now i say this (laughs) i'm somewhat biased because i just came from their camp and all those guys in that clubhouse they look at him as superman but you know obviously yelich bellinger um 
You can only name one. You can't yeah. cheat. Don't don't steal yeah, my yeah. name. All. Okay. all right. Uh, 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 Goldschmidt's from a, from my neighborhood, so maybe I should pick him. No, I'm gonna pick Acuna. <laughs> all right. My answer is uh, I'm going with Eugenio Suarez, who uh, I came up with him in the Tigers organization, and uh, he absolutely rakes with the Reds, and he's in a great ballpark to do it. So I'm going with him. Yeah, that's a smart pick. Picking that you you did the ballpark. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the ballpark is steady <laughs> there too. Yeah, don't ever pick a Padre. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, well, it's so tough. To, sad. It's, it's not a hit. It's tough. I know to it's a pitcher's park. I know it's gotten better though. They brought the fences in a couple of years back. It's gotten better. Um, okay, Richard and Benjamin, who will win the AL East? Go you're ahead, guessing. Ben. You're guessing today on it. You're guessing today because I know All the Yankees right. have been interesting. I'll go first on this one. You can go first on her last one. I'm gonna take. I'm going to take the Yankees here. It's, uh, I, I see it as, um, you know, I think the Rays are going to be really good. I just think the, the firepower that the Yankees have is, is going to be uh, too much for the other teams in that division. I, I would pick the Yankees too, but, you know, if Blake Snell is okay, and if, you know, can the Yankees have a miracle in terms of roster depth two years in a row? But they're really good. They are so good, and they have enough minor league players that if he needs to go out and get one person, a Chris Archer or somebody like that, he can go do it. But yeah. Tampa Bay is really interesting with that pitching staff. If, if Blake Snell's okay. All right. Last question for the both of you. Um, how many wins did the Astros finish with? They finished with 107 last year. <laughs> well, the division's better. Uh, I, I still think they are really good. I think they're going to win 100. I do. I think they're really good. I think – LA's got uh, pitching problems again. I think Texas is not going to be what they think they are. And until I see those young Oakland pitchers do it for a full season, I'm not believing in them. Houston's good. Houston is really good. The front three of the rotation, the lineup and all that. How are they going to deal with all that other stuff? That's the question. Uh, I So you're, you're taking them at 100. I'm going to take them at 101. Um, there you go. <laughs> I, you know, I agree with what you I think the division's slightly better, but I think there's uh, still some, some teams in that division that they're going to beat up on and be able to get a lot of their wins in the division. Um, so, yeah, I'm going on 101, division champs. Uh, so, yeah. That's, that's all right, you heard it here first. <laughs> um, all right, so on to – I have three questions for you, Michelle and Richard. What AL team will surprise you the most? In a good way. In a good way. Well, I, actually, answer this one however, however, however you want. But make sure you no, specify. Blue, <laughs> yeah, I think the Blue Jays have a chance to be really good. You know, I think Vlad Jr. is going to be really good in his second year or first full year, whatever you call it. And they added enough pitching to be interesting. I, I, I think they're a team to watch. And, but, you know, obviously, that's a killer of the division. Yeah. How good is Boston? We know how good Baltimore is not. <laughs> and uh, you know we don't really know. I mean, there's there's question marks about the Yankees. So I, I like Toronto. Yeah. I think I'm gonna go with the Minnesota Twins. Um, uh, first place in the division last season. Got Josh Donaldson, Kent Maeda. They had Manager of the Year and Rocco Baldelli last year. Um, so I think I think the Twins are gonna. I mean, obviously, it's not like a crazy surprise because they did well last year. But I think people aren't taking the Twins as seriously as they should. I agree. I agree with that. Uh, next question. Who wins the AL MVP? Well, I'm going to go with the obvious. <laughs> um, it's not going to be probably Aaron Judge because he's not healthy. 
Um, I think it's going to be Mike Trout um, if he stays healthy because I just feel like there's nothing he can't do. Yeah. Tough to argue with that. Yeah. He's literally good yeah. in every single category all the time. MVP, like here was my argument last year with I know the whole Bregman situation and, and Mike Trout and all that. I think MVP means you are the most valuable player on that team. And I think that means that if you are out of the lineup, the team does not do as well without you in it. And if you are in the lineup, you make that big of a difference. And I think Mike Trout is that person. I agree with everything you said. I'm picking him again, too. This is one of the 10 or 15 best position players we've ever seen. And he's astonishing. Yeah. And, you know, you can make the case we owe him for 2015. Uh, And I don't know about 2018, but he's – he is we don't we won't see many like him again. Yep, I totally agree. Uh last question. Uh Richard, you get to answer first. Who is your pick to win NL Cy Young this year? I I, I want to take take a minute, but I'm gonna say Max Scherzer. And that's a that's an unimaginative pick because you could go with Clarity or a lot of other guys, but I just I think he's healthy again and he's fired up and he's crazy. Yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> he's crazy. Um, I mean, he's, I mean, he's so creative. He's so smart. I mean, can you imagine having a pitching staff with all those guys together they had in Detroit? That's uh, He's the Justin Verlander of the other. National League. Right. They all pushed each other. They learned from each other. It was uh, pretty cool to watch. He yeah. reinvents himself. He's That's right. Yeah, last year someone was asking what change you made. He goes, well, I guess you're going to have to get your little stat cast thing out because I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with the three P Jacob deGrom, um, mostly because I'm going to be probably covering some meds this year. And that's my, that's <laughs> that, my pick. <laughs> that's a fair reason. And nobody, nobody can blame you for saying that either. <laughs> I know. I mean, Absolutely. he's ridiculous, like truly ridiculous. And he went out and faced the world series champs every five days last year. So. Yeah. Well, that was fun. Richard, thank you so much for, for coming on today. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Thank you, Ben and Michelle, for having me. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it, Richard. uh, And that is all for Millennial Sports Talk this week. Make sure to download and subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Uh, Thank you so much to Richard Justice, and uh, we will see you all next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.